This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, Rob Fay Nation can't slow down. It's gonna go. What is going on? I'm Rob Fay. Welcome to your Friday edition of Sports Bar Radio. It is the 13th day of August, and man, if you are a baseball fan, keep it locked on this show. We had one of the greatest nights. In, I got to think the last couple of years when it comes to just the love of baseball. You know what I'm talking about. If you watched it last night, the Field of Dreams game, extraordinary. I will touch on that. We're also going to get into a two-person race for the American League MVP. I think we all know who's going to win it, but I'm pretty impressed with a guy that's at least giving Shohei Otani a little bit of competition as well. We'll talk about the Canadian Football League, BC Lions getting Mike Riley 20 minutes before the game. Confirmed as their starting quarterback, and boy, was he a gunslinger last night. We'll talk about that game and much more, and we'll get into everything in the world of sports, including a question that I have for you about how you would approach vaccinated versus unvaccinated in your line of work. Sports is battling this. I am even trying to debate how I'm going to tackle this, and I'd love your opinion. So again, Sports Bar Radio is front and center on a Friday. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're staying cool. And more than anything, let me get you to that one story that just reigns supreme, that one story that rises above everybody else. Let me get you to the lead. We've scoured the globe for the stories that matter to you. Okay, well, let's be honest, Rob picks most of the stories, so maybe they matter more to him? Anyways, pull up a chair and let our bartender pour you a cold one because there's a lot going on in your world today. So last night in Iowa, this. Anderson hits it in the air to right. Yeah, there's no doubt that last night's 9-8 Chicago White Sox victory over the New York Yankees in Dyersville, Iowa, is a game for the ages. It was a Field of Dreams game celebrating the anniversary of one of the greatest sports movies ever made, Kevin Costner, James Earl Jones. It was one of those nights where you knew it had the potential to be something spectacular. Irony is that home run from Tim Anderson that won the game came from a guy that had never watched the movie Field of Dreams. Go figure. But amazing to me that the Chicago White Sox, part of the shoeless Joe Jackson era, is the team that walks off a victory over the dreaded, hated New York Yankees and the roar of the crowd, electric. But the success of that came several hours earlier. It came in the pregame ceremony. I don't know if you got a chance to watch this game. It is definitely worth YouTubing it or going to MLB TV, however you can find a way to watch the pregame show. Kevin Costner coming out from the corner. If you know the movie, uh, you'll understand where I'm coming from. If not, I'm gonna I'm not gonna explain it to you. I'm just gonna say go watch the movie. Kevin Costner comes out from the corn, looks around, the music's playing, probably about 45 seconds, a minute in, all of a sudden the music changes. It goes a little more dramatic. And then the next thing you know, the Yankees and the White Sox players emerge from the corn in left center field. That moment right there was some of the best cinematography that I think I've ever seen 
in sports anywhere. You can talk about opening sequences and opening montages and celebratory moments. Like, you think back to, what, the last 25, 30 years, some of the greatest moments in, in sport, be it baseball, football, whatever. Like Whitney Houston singing the national anthem just at the beginning of Desert Storm. You think of right after 9-11, George Bush going to the mound and throwing the first pitch uh, just days after the Twin Towers fell. Those are those kind of moments that are just etched in your mind forever. And it's funny because hockey and football and basketball and baseball, they're always trying to find that it, that one thing that just rises above the rest, kind of like the lead. And that was this. This game, out of nowhere, simply because of the anniversary of a movie, ended up taking baseball and absolutely thrusting it back into the spotlight. It has been a tough couple of years for baseball. And, you know, the irony is they've got an upcoming negotiation between the Major League Baseball Players Association. The union's going to get, everybody's getting into this, and baseball's going to get ugly at the end of the season. But for tonight, but for one night, last night, it was perfect. It was absolutely flawless. Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton each hit two run homers for the Yankees in the top of the ninth, and that gave them the lead. All-star closer Liam Hendricks, one of the best pitchers in baseball, ends up giving up home runs to Judge and Stanton. The Yankees are leading. We go to the bottom of the ninth, and then Anderson hits a two-run shot to give the White Sox the 9-8 lead. The team in the movie is the team that walks it off. It was absolutely perfect. And for baseball, you got to wonder how you top this. And to be honest with you, this one does not need a sequel. You know how like sometimes you'll get some success and you're like, damn it, we're going to do this every year because we want to capture that energy. You will never get that again. You will never, so long as you live, get that again. Like in hockey, you think of the Heritage Classic. You think of the Winter Classics. And every once in a while, sure, it's a great backdrop. And sure, there's great games every once in a blue moon. You will never capture that moment again you can play all the games you want in the cornfields and maybe get a one-run victory but you're never as good as your first and you will never do it as good as the first a 9-8 victory for the white Sox over the yankees with kevin costner in attendance it was surreal there were so many good moments from that game and for baseball i hope they drink it in because like I said a couple of minutes ago, it's been a tough road for Major League Baseball over the last couple of years. There's been clouds like the Houston Astros. Uh, there's been some work challenges, COVID. Oh, you just think of everything that has gone against this game. And then on one magical, warm August night in Iowa, Major League Baseball discovers the diamond of diamonds. And I couldn't get enough of it. I'm I, Dude, I don't show emotion for anything. And that had me welling up with tears. And, and the game hadn't even been played. Now, I have a question for you before we get on to the rest of the stuff that's going on in the world of sports. So, Joe Buck, one of the great announcers in sports. He does football, he does baseball, and he is up there with the best. He's iconic, for sure. Riddle me this. What if they had played that game without any broadcaster? For example, you're in Iowa, and I and I know what you're thinking. It's an impossibility. I agree. Last night I tweeted this out, and I got some pretty decent feedback on it. Like, for example, there's no way that you don't have a play-by-play -play and a color commentator doing this game because there's ad reads. There's, you know, stuff for people that need that kind of fixture when it comes to sports broadcasting. But what if you would have done that game with no commentary, with no public address announcer, so that the only thing that you heard was the crack of the bat and the snap of a glove catching a ball or, you know, the roar of the crowd in the background. Because to me, 
that was the one game that you could have pulled that off. And I know that you never want to take eyes and viewership away from what your main broadcast team is doing, but it would have been cool if there was an alternate feed. Maybe even if it was just on MLB TV, not obviously on the mainstream, where you could have watched that game without any talking. Because that, to me, was what made that so special. Is the fact that it was off the beaten path. It wasn't in a major league stadium. There were 8,000 people there, but boy, did it sound like 20,000 when those balls were going over the fence into the corn. Yes, over the fence into the corn. I just wonder if that would have been even more of an allure. Now, don't get me wrong. Joe Buck had some fantastic calls, especially the Tim Anderson call that walked it off for the White Sox in the bottom of the ninth. But like I said, I'm always looking at creative ways of trying to enhance the game and enhance a broadcast. I would have been curious to know if that game would have been the same or would have even had a little bit more intimacy if you would have taken those voices out of the equation. I don't know. Hit me up. Hit me up on Twitter, at Rob Fay, R-O-B-F as in Frank, A-I, and let me know what you think. All right, let's get to the rest of the sports, man. It, despite the fact that that game was center stage last night, there was a lot going on in the world of sports. The CFL was active. Uh, we have some basketball news. We got the UFC getting ready to fire it up. CM Punk looks like he's coming to Chicago. So many things coming your way. So let me get you to that one part of this bar where everybody tries to get into. I keep telling them this is not the kind of place that just anybody goes. you got to be a true sports fan, an OG of the game. Let me get you, you, into the VIP room. You knew tonight was going to be a good night, didn't you? Guys, the ladies don't want you wasting their time, so get to the point. Ten topics, ten minutes. Hold on to your drinks because we're about to bring you the entire world of sports before the DJ can pull out the vinyl for his next set. Welcome to the VIP room. Okay, very quickly, let's tie up some loose ends with baseball before we get to the entire world of sports. How about this? Chicago Cubs have released former Cy Young Award winner and 2016 World Series hero Jake Arrieta, who has had a miserable season. He's got an ERA nearly at 7, and just hours ago, they placed him on unconditional waivers. And this coming from the president of baseball operations, Jed Hoyer, telling reporters the decision was made Wednesday night after Arietta allowed eight earned runs in a 10-0 loss to the Milwaukee Brewers, saying, quote, it was the right thing to do for him. For us, it just seemed like the right time. Nothing had happened on the mound last night or any other night in any way that diminishes his role with the club and its history. I think when you look back, there's a really good argument to say he is one of the most influential people in the history of this franchise. Arietta's second stint with the franchise wasn't very good. His first go-around was great. 2016 World Series. That doesn't get one without him. But then he left for Philadelphia as a free agent, came back to Chicago this season at 35 years old, and again, finishes with a 5-11 mark, a 6.88 ERA in 20 starts. And as the Chicago Cubs are blowing up this team, Jake Arietta is a victim. Wonder if anybody will pick him up, if they are allured by the fact that he's a former Cy Young Award winner uh, and maybe can, quote, get him right in time for a postseason push. You never know. Another name that is no longer with a team, but this is by his own choice, Chris Davis, announcing his retirement from Major League Baseball. But get a load of this. He's still going to receive all of that money. The statement from Chris Davis, pretty humbled, saying, quote, After an extended time dealing with my injury and my recent hip surgery, I have informed the Orioles about my decision to retire effective today. I want to thank the Orioles partnership group led by the Angelos family, the Orioles organization, my teammates and coaches, the University of Maryland Children's Hospital, with whom I will continue to be involved with following my retirement, and of course, Birdland. Thank you for all the many memories that I will cherish forever. Sincerely, C.D. Chris Davis. 
Davis retired with just a year left on that $161 million deal. Davis does not forfeit his remaining salary. He renegotiated a deal with the Orioles that will defer that money over the next several years. By retiring, they do get an extra roster spot next season, and the Orioles will cut a fair chunk of money from their payroll in 2022. Gotta remember, at one point, Chris Davis was an MVP candidate, but eventually struggled both on and off the field and Chris Davis again announcing his retirement. Well, the headline in Milwaukee said Antetokounmpo re-signs with the Milwaukee Bucks and everybody's eyebrows raised because you think, wait a minute, Giannis is in the first year of a four-year deal. Well, it is his brother, Thanasis Antetokounmpo, who is in the fold for a couple more seasons. That one coming from ESPN. Bucks agreeing on a two-year deal. He played in 57 games in the championship season for Milwaukee, 13 games in the playoffs. Not quite the numbers that Giannis had. He averaged 2.9 points, two rebounds in 57 games, which was a career high and was used in 13 playoff games, but very sparingly. But the brothers will remain in Milwaukee for another couple of years. Let's stay off the court. The 2021 Hall of Fame class is getting ready to be inducted. And that includes Paul Pierce and Chris Bosch. Ben Wallace will also be going there. Uh, and today, the announcement of who will be inducting those great players. Chris Webber is going to be inducted by Isaiah Thomas. Ben Wallace will be inducted by Larry Brown, who went into the Hall of Fame back in 2002. Kevin Garnett is going to induct Paul Pierce. And Michael Jordan, as well as Jerry Reinsdorf, will induct Tony Kukoc. Jordan and Reinsdorf on the same stage at the same time. I'm there just for that alone. Cotton Fitzsimmons will be inducted by Charles Barkley, Jerry Colangelo, and Phil Knight. Chris Bosh will be inducted by both Pat Riley, his coach, and the great perimeter shooter Ray Allen. Some pretty good names in that list. To the gridiron we go, Canadian style. Yeah, north of the 49th is where we found the BC Lions taking on the Calgary Stampeders. And it wasn't really uh, known until about 20 minutes before the game if quarterback Mike Riley was going to get the start for the Leos. And guess what? He did pretty good. He ended up throwing for 342 yards, helping the BC Lions to a 15-9 win over Calgary. 36-year-old scored a one-yard rushing touchdown, played all four quarters for the first time this year. It should have been, according to many, Victoria, B.C. native Nathan Rourke who was going to get that because Riley's dealing with this uh, with a sore elbow, a sore arm, whatever you want to call it. But head coach Rick Campbell liked what he saw from Riley in the pregame, said that the ball was accurate, things were going where they needed to go. And even though the uh, elbow began to tighten up as the game went on, Mike Riley said, nope, we're going to persevere and ended up putting together a very big game. For Calgary, it is the first time in a long time that they have started their season at 0-2. Coming up later tonight, Winnipeg hosting Toronto. And then on the weekend, we're going to get Edmonton hosting Montreal. Hamilton travels to Saskatchewan. Well, south of the border, everybody looking in on the New England Patriots and seeing how Bill Belichick will take to Mac Jones, the 15th overall pick out of Alabama, getting some snaps in a 22-13 win for the Patriots in their first preseason game. And Mac Jones looked like he belonged. Came into the game in relief of Cam Newton and immediately went to work. His first drive producing a field goal and ended up going 13-19 for 87 yards. But the big conversation was what would Bill Belichick think of him? And you know Bill Belichick. He doesn't throw around compliments very often. Saying, quote, we'll look at it on film and see. Some good things, plenty of things we can improve on. Same with everybody. You can hear the monotone voice of Bill Belichick no matter what he says, can't you? 
Newton, by the way, finishing 4-7 for 49 yards. I promise you, we will not get into the stats of preseason games very often, but you've got to talk about a former MVP and a kid out of Alabama who are getting down for the starting job with the New England Patriots. And the city of New Orleans is going to require fans to show proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test taken within 72 hours if you want to attend a game at the Caesars Superdome. That came out yesterday by the Mayor LaToya Cantrell. She says it also applies to patrons at restaurants, bars, and other venues. That's going to go into effect in just a couple of days' time on Monday, and that enforcement is going to start on August the 23rd. Quote, as required by the city of New Orleans, fans will simply need to show their vaccination card or verified digital proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test taken within 72 hours if they want to attend games. That is per the governor's mandate, unquote. The Saints, who are permitted to have attendance at full capacity, announced that they are partnering up with a health company on free vaccination events throughout the area and outside of the Superdome on game day. And that news came on the heels of Louisiana enduring one of their largest COVID-19 surges in recent memory. The Delta variant is hitting at record numbers right now. Nearly 2,900 virus patients currently hospitalized in Louisiana, as that state has the country's fourth lowest vaccination rate, just over 37%. I'm going to get on to this topic uh, in a couple of moments' time, because I think that is a part of a larger discussion. So bear with me. We're going to circle back on the vaccination conversation in sports. Let's go to the Octagon, and you know that the trash-talking, if you have Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor, and now Nate Diaz all taking shots of each other, you know it's going to be A-list stuff. Nate Diaz on social media going right at Dustin Poirier, saying that he was pretty much a <laughs> that's 2-0. Dustin Poirier responded by saying, Nathan... Whereas Diaz responded by saying, let's fight, don't be scared this time though. In his most recent fight, Nate Diaz lost a unanimous decision to Leon Edwards at 263. The Stockton native has actually dropped three of four, including that majority decision to Conor McGregor at 202. He also lost on a technical knockout to Jorge Masvidal, so maybe looking for one more payday. Nate Diaz said, boss up, quit being a little I do what I want to do, you do what you're told. Conor McGregor then chimed in and started laughing, saying, continue, I'm entertained. And Nate Diaz wasn't having any of that as well. So, man, if you think about this. What great ratings for the UFC if you've got Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor, and Nate Diaz all chomping at the bit to get at each other. You got at least two to three fights out of that. The question is, can Mystic Mac get healthy and become a legitimate part of that conversation? And to the squared circle, it is rumored that CM Punk is going to be making his AEW debut in just a matter of days. That is not confirmed, but there's a lot of people saying that. But how about the former WWE champ taking a shot at his old product? When asked if he still watched the WWE, he said, quote, No, I had to watch it a little bit when I was an analyst for Fox. But I mean, hmm, how do I say this diplomatically? Um, no. I think they've got some people who are super awesome and great in the ring, but you know, nothing grabs me that gets me to want to watch. Unquote. Punk hasn't been with the WWE since back in 2014. Again, all of the buzz right now says that he's going to sign up with AEW, which is going to put AEW over for at least a couple of months. And if he makes his debut in Chicago, which is his hometown, all I can say is the WWE better be ready for the silver medal for the foreseeable future. All right, let's take our break here. When we come back, uh, again, I want to circle back on a, I don't want to call it a problem, but a question that I have for you when it comes to the world of vaccinations, the anti-vaxxers, and the world of sport. It is a very 
delicate situation, uh, I'll let you know the challenges I have, and I'll see how you're handling yours. You're listening to Sports Bar Radio. I'm Rob Fay. This is your Friday edition. We will be back with much more after this. You're listening to Sports Bar Radio with Rob Fay, brought to you by Equity Guru. Equity Guru, investment information for millennials and madmen. This segment is brought to you by me and my new enterprise, Nation Extreme Wrestling. Hey, what would happen if a wrestling mark from way back decided that he was going to start his own wrestling promotion here at home and have some of the most talented wrestlers in North America hang out with him? Well, tell you what, you can follow our journey at www.nationextremewrestling.com and stay tuned for show dates in the coming months. Welcome back to Sports Bar Radio with host Rob Fay, brought to you by Equity.Guru. All right, welcome back to Sports Bar Radio. It's your Friday edition. I am Rob Fay, And before I get into this topic, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for checking in on this podcast. Uh, we continue to see our numbers go up. They're going up modestly. I mean, a podcast that is here five days a week is one that uh, you check in periodically. But even if you listen on Monday and you don't listen on Tuesday, there's going to be some people that listen on Tuesday and not Monday. And overall, I just think uh, if you're looking at the volume, our volume continues to go up. And I thank you. I thank Equity Guru and all of our sponsors who have come along and helped me get this show off the road. We're almost at 100 episodes, which uh, blows my mind. Okay. I want to get into a topic that is sticky, and I'm going to say this and preface this by saying I am not of one side or the other. And I think that's a part of the reason that I feel comfortable taking this topic on. But you're noticing right now in sports that a lot of leagues are having this challenge, and a lot of teams are starting to say that they are either going to go this way or they're going to go the other way. Masks and vaccinations. It is a very sticky subject in professional sports and in any entertainment source right now. Certain organizations, Winnipeg Jets were one of the first to come forward and say, if you want to come watch a game, you got to be double vaccinated, proof of your vaccination, or you've got to test negative for COVID-19. You have to have something that says that you are not transmitting this into their arena. And I understand that. So uh, here's how I want to do this. I want to do this from two sides. I'm going to do this from those who have been vaccinated and those who have chosen to this point to not get vaccinated. Because I think there's two very different opinions, and I hope you'll work with me on this. And again, you can engage with me. Hit me up on Twitter, at Rob Fay, which is R-O-B, F is in Frank, A-I. You know where to find me. So let's start with those who have gotten vaccinated. And I'm just going to speak off the cuff. I haven't written anything down here. I just want to talk about this because I think I'm engaging with this myself right now. In the fact that for those who have been vaccinated, who have taken the time to not once but twice go and get their jab now all of a sudden feeling that they should have the ability to go and do things on a more quote-unquote normal basis and also be around those who have also gotten their two jabs and are also taking quote their responsibility seriously the challenge that you face with this is that the expectation of those who have been vaccinated is that everybody else around them should be vaccinated as well that every organization that they support should support the fact that they got vaccinated. And those are all requests that we would want because, hey, if we're doing it, if we're willing to put our health out there, then we want everybody else to do the same. The challenge that you face here is that not everybody in the room feels the same way you feel and don't feel as if they need to disclose the information that they are not vaccinated. It's amazing to me. All of those who have gotten vaccinated bang the drum as long as they can and as hard as they can and as loud as they can that, hey, look at me, I'm vaccinated, I'm ready to get back to normal life. But you can't expect everywhere you go to have that filter 
of complete vaccination, of complete safety. You can't do it. It's, it's a false expectation. And to ask that of your sports organizations is a really slippery slope because that organization doesn't want to alienate those who have not chosen to get vaccinated. Hey, don't get me wrong. And again, full disclosure, I am double vaccinated. That was my choice. That was my family's choice. But we also respect the choice. Is it optimal that there are people out there that have chosen not to get vaccinated? No, it's not. Does it make me a little bit nervous when I see somebody taking off their mask and I don't know if they're vaccinated or not? Yeah, it does. But I know that I've taken care of myself. I know that my family is taking care of themselves. And I know that we've done the best that we can to protect ourselves should we end up getting COVID-19. That's the best that I can do. Now, to the anti-vax crowd, and again, I'll circle back on this and I'll try to put this all with a nice bow at the end of this. To the anti-vax crowd who feels alienated, who don't feel comfortable with the lay of the land as it stands right now, you have to understand that this isn't about the media or paranoia. This is about people simply wanting protection. And it has nothing to do with you personally. It is more just those who have gotten vaccinated are trying to take the necessary steps to make sure that they don't infect somebody or they don't get infected. I've talked with a number of people who have chosen not to get vaccinated, and I've even asked some of them in the last 24 hours. I've said, do you feel obligated to tell your employer? Do you feel obligated to tell your coworkers that you're not vaccinated? And across the board, it's like, no, it's my right to not be vaccinated. And I feel actually offended that I'm now being alienated because I'm not being vaccinated. And they'll bring up the stories of the flu and, and all these other different diseases that across the board don't get the same acknowledgement that right now COVID-19 is getting. And I don't go down the rabbit hole that far because to be honest with you, I respect the opinions of everybody. I don't know if the information out there is 100% accurate. I do know that when the information was presented to me, I felt comfortable enough to take the vaccine, not once, but twice. But I didn't just do that because I wanted to go see the Canucks or I wanted to see the BC Lions. I did it because I didn't want to infect anybody. And should I end up getting an infection, the COVID-19 variable, I want to put up as big a fight as I can. So this is the problem that we're facing right now is you have people that don't want to get vaccinated. You have people that don't want to wear masks, but yet they want to be a part of society the same way you do. It's a challenge because I don't think there's anything written in stone. It's not black and white, is it? It's very gray and it's very frustrating and it's dividing us all because the vaxxers are kind of like, dude, I don't want to be around those guys. And the anti-vaxxers are like, why are you treating me like that and alienating me? Like I'm a person too. So I guess my question is, what would you do? Because as I get ready to do wrestling events, I think without question, we have to make masks mandatory. We have to, it's just, you can't not do it. I'm not gonna ask whether you're vaccinated or not. I think that we will let people know before they go into the event that the mask is the one request that we're making. I don't need to see your double vax card, at least not for the time being. But I do think that as we open up the doors eventually to a very modest crowd, that the challenges that we face are ones that we need to at least acknowledge and communicate about. I mean, I have good friends, very good friends, that have chosen not to get vaccinated. They're not less a friend. I'm not angry at them. I think I'm just hopeful that they don't get infected. I'm hopeful that they don't have to struggle with COVID-19. And as a person that has been vaccinated, I hope that I don't. 
contract that virus, and I hope that I don't have to deal with that challenge. But when it comes to the workplace and sporting events and all of these things that right now are starting to be really polarizing with some fans, I think sports has got a really tough challenge ahead of them as to just being able to, how would you say this, not isolate one from the other. As silly as that sounds, listen, the reason that they're taking these courses is because I think, and I think we all believe, that a majority of their fan base wants the safety. They want the vaccinations. They want to make sure that when they go to an event, it's there. Same with their players, the players and the staff. They want to make sure that when they go to work, that the fans around them are doing the same thing that they're doing, that they're also getting vaccinated. I mean, think of the Vancouver Canucks last year and the 20-some-odd players and staff that ended up getting infected with COVID-19. That was a big deal. That took a lot of wind out of this organization's sails, and I don't even think they handled it all that well, to be honest with you, but at the same time, they got through it and they got done. So... Here's my thoughts, if I can finally circle back on this and try to put a big bow on it. I'm not against organizations that are choosing to go this route. They have to understand they're going to get blowback. That's non-negotiable. It's, it's going to happen. The anti-vax community has to realize that by taking that road, there are going to be certain events and certain situations that they're not going to be welcome to, at least not with open arms. And I think the great medium is masks. I think we're all used to them by now. I think that's the one non-negotiable. I can't make you go and get your shots, but I can't ask you to wear masks. And I hope that even if you're not willing to get your shots, that you will respect the policies of wearing a mask and keeping your mask on at all times. The one conversation that I don't want to have is that masks do not work because masks scientifically do work and they work against everything. If I wear a mask, you know what? I haven't had a cold in over a year. You know why? Because I wash my hands more, I disinfect more, and I wear a mask that prevents the molecules from going back and forth. That's understandable. So if every team in the league says you have to wear a mask, I'm in. And I'll wear it for the full 60 minutes of a hockey game. I'll wear it for all four quarters of a football game, whatever you need. I can't ask you for your card to show me whether you're vaccinated or not. But I can ask you to wear a mask. I think that's fair. Am I wrong to say that? Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up at Rob Fay. Let me know. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Again, I'm not trying to be Switzerland on this, but I am trying to be respectful of both sides because I know that it is scary for both of us, those who are vaccinated and those who are not vaccinated. And they're very fierce opinions on both sides. The only thing I can say, you don't have to be beside that person that is to your left or to your right. If you want to be amongst those who are vaccinated, that's your choice and vice versa but you have to at least hear what they are saying. I had a conversation a couple of months ago with Mark Donnelly, who was let go by the Vancouver Canucks because he was an anti-vaxxer, that he didn't want to have a conversation with it. Well, I hate to say it, but Mark Donnelly is not alone. And even though they might be in the minority statistically, I'm trying to figure out a way to understand their logic and still be accepting of who they are as a person. I think that's all we can do. Masks, I'd make them mandatory. But the double vax request ask at the gates, that's challenging. And I think that's going to be something that before everything is said and done, is going to go before the courts. Whether they win or lose, I think that's where it's going to go. All right, let's take our break here. When we come back, final segment of Sports Bar Radio for your Friday. I'm sorry to get too heavy on you here. I'm just trying to figure out the lay of the land and what everybody's thinking. And I'd love to hear your opinion as well. Final segment of Sports Bar Radio is next. Brought to you as always by Equity Guru. 
You're listening to Sports Bar Radio with Rob Fay, brought to you by Equity Guru. Equity Guru, investment information for millennials and madmen. This segment is brought to you by Cybin Inc., a pharmaceutical biotech company running clinical trials on using psilocybin thin strips to treat major depression. Their stock has more than doubled in the past month as the company rolls from milestone to milestone. And the company now has four formulations rolling through clinical trials as they uplist to the New York Stock Exchange. Their ticker symbol, CYBN. For more information, visit www.equity.guru. Did you lose your seat? That's okay. I have a better one up front. Welcome back to Sports Bar Radio with Rob Fay. Final segment of Sports Bar Radio. Final segment for the week. And I hope it's... Am I wrong in saying it's starting to cool down? Like, even though it's getting a little smoky around the lower mainland, um, I feel like it's a few centigrade less than it was yesterday. Man, my feet were sweating. That's how you know it's hot. Is <laughs> with your feet sweat? It's in tough. Okay, uh, let's try. You know what? We haven't done this segment for a couple of days, and I'm happy to kind of circle back on it because we got some good games that are coming up. So let me, hi, you know where we're going with this one. Let me get you in the place where you can make a little bit of money. At least I think I can. Want to bet? tell you how many times I've had to break up shoving matches between two guys fighting over what team they think will win the big game. Boys, you want to know who locks and who the long shots are? Why didn't you just ask? All right, a couple of games on the diamond for you. I love this one because the Dodgers are at City Field getting ready to take on the Mets. Mets have been pretty good as of late. But the Dodgers have been too. They're 4-1 in their last five games on the road. They are on a six-game roadie, taking on the Mets. This series starts tonight. And how about these numbers? The Dodgers are 16-4 in their last 20 against the Mets. And it's Julio Urias, 13-3 with an ERA of 3.41. He has been so good. And he's actually been better on the road than he's been at home this season. He's 10-2 on the road in 13 starts. Tyler Miguel was outstanding at his five starts in July with an ERA just over one. I think a lot of people are going to go with the Dodgers on this one just because they don't know a lot about Tyler Miguel, but he has been so, so good. So the number that I'm going to play on this one isn't necessarily pitcher versus pitcher. It's the over-under on runs in this game, which is set at eight. I'm not taking the straight up on this one, which is Los Angeles at minus 150. I'm putting heavy money on this one to go under. And by the way, the under is 5-2 and two in the Mets' last seven games. So if you want to put a little bit of money there, stay away from the straight-ups and just take the under because I think that's where the money can be made. Cincinnati and Philadelphia out at Citizens Bank Park. And I think that the Reds are going to take this one as well. Uh, this is an interesting one because Cincinnati coming in at pretty decent dogs. Eight and a half is the over-under on this game. Then here's a couple of numbers that I want you to take a look at. The total has gone over in eight of Cincinnati's last ten games. They are four and one straight up in their last five games against Philadelphia. But the total has gone 
under in five of Cincinnati's last five games when playing in Philadelphia. So what do you do when you see those numbers? You look to see what the pinching matchup is. Zach Wheeler is going to toe the rubber for Philadelphia at home. 10 and 6 with an ERA in the mid twos. Tyler Maley, 9 and 3 with an ERA of 378. If both of these guys can go five innings apiece, I am also going to take the under in this one. I think there's going to be some low scoring games tonight in the major leagues. This one at eight and a half. That means these two teams just got to score eight or less and you are in the money. And again, the number that I cannot accentuate enough, the total has gone under in Cincinnati's last five games when playing in Philadelphia. And if you want more underage, the total has gone under in five of Philadelphia's last six games. All right, let's And by the way, good luck and make some money. Do your own due diligence, all that stuff that gets me off the hook. Okay, let's wrap up the show. My thanks to everybody over Equity Guru. My thanks to Jay Swing, my brother from another mother producer extraordinaire. And my thanks to everybody over at Equity Guru, to Chris Perry, to Galen, to JP Chung, to Asan, and the irreplaceable Priscilla Choi. I am Rob Faye. Can't wait to do this with you. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Stay cool, stay safe, stay warm. Do not start any forest fires. Don't flick those butts into the old dry grass on the side of the highway. Do whatever it takes to keep this place safe and we will get through it all together. Until we do this again, I'm Rob Faye. Have yourself a fantastic week. This has been Sports Bar Radio, as always, brought to you by Equity Guru. Sports Bar Radio was brought to you by Equity Guru. Investment information for the new generation. Visit us at equity.guru and let's make some money together. Please note, any mention of companies on this podcast is part of a promotional campaign, and the information you hear should be a part of extensive due diligence. As well, always get advice from an accredited financial advisor before you make any investment decision. Protect yourself.